0: Hello and welcome to this week's episode from A Lancashire Lass with me, Lucy Baxter, as featured on BBC Radio 4 Extra's Podcast Hour and BBC Radio Manchester. Today I have Catherine Dean joining me on my podcast. She is a nutrition and lifestyle coach who has an online coaching business. We're going to be talking about her business, the truths behind some myths within dieting and some tips to help you de-stress, improve your sleep and just live a more healthier and fulfilled life. Joining me today is Catherine Dean, a nutrition and lifestyle coach with an online coaching business. How are you this afternoon? I'm great. Thank you, Lucy. Thank you for having me. No problem. So we're going to be talking about your business and some sort of truths behind the myths behind sort of dieting and tips for listeners to improve their lifestyle, basically. Um, But I'm interested in how you got into this. So sort of take me back to how you became a nutrition and lifestyle coach.
1: Okay Uh, so my journey goes back um, just over 10 years actually so what happened to me I had um, a lot of back pain and I didn't know what was causing it and then after like lots of different tests and scans and things found out that I had spondylosis and I went to the the doctor basically gave me really strong painkillers and and no advice and I know obviously doctors are, are really busy but it didn't really help and I was quite young at the time and I remember thinking i don't want to do this like i don't want this to be my life where i'm just reliant on painkillers so i did quite a lot of research um and i found out that things like um you know yoga and pilates can really help and at that time i actually hadn't um i hadn't done any exercise for about 12 months because i was really scared of damaging my back because i didn't know what was wrong with it and so i started doing all these things like yoga pilates um, and then i started eating better you know all of the things that you do and it it made a huge difference um so carried on kind of along that line and now even like it's now like over 10 years and i haven't had to take any painkillers. um you know i just kind of managed the pain myself in that way and so that's been really great and then i think just like anything where you kind of get a bit of a passion for it you want to learn more and more don't you so i kind of kept on you know just researching reading about nutrition um and then A few years ago, I decided I wanted a bit of a career change and I didn't really know what to do. So a friend of mine recommended um, like a two day life coaching training. So I went on that and kind of enjoyed it. So I I love the element of helping people, but I kind of thought, I wonder if I can bring nutrition into that somehow. And then that's when I found out uh, about the course that I ended up studying, which was basically nutrition and lifestyle coaching was a whole course with an organization called the Institute of Health Sciences and so when I found that I was just yeah thrilled because I thought that's perfect it kind of combines everything that I want and yeah here I am.
0: (laughs) So where how long was the course and was it like at home or did you have to go to like a different place in England?
1: So the course was 12 months so full 12 months intense um, study and it was online predominantly and then there was the option to go um, and do in-person classes in Dublin um, it's an Irish uh, company and um, I didn't actually do that I did everything online and um, yeah it was brilliant though it was really in depth I was I wasn't sure about how in-depth an online course was but yeah it was just it was incredible uh, we learned so much and there is also the option to continue studying with them to become a nutritional Therapist, so kind of going even more in depth. So I'm still a little bit unsure on that because I love the coaching element of it. Um so yeah, that's why.
0: So all the courses there are sort of 12 months or shorter courses. That's really interesting.
1: Yeah, so like I say, they do have the nutritional therapy one, which is the three years, um, but the one I did was 12 months, and then they do have shorter ones as well. So if you had a particular interest in, I don't know, like they've got one for example, which is about Stress, that's a four-week course so they do have specific ones you know for pro- maybe professionals who wanted to just expand their knowledge on um different areas of nutrition or lifestyle so they have different ones yeah
0: yeah and I think as well possibly decades ago the thought of um I don't know lifestyle changes and food affecting physical conditions wouldn't have been something that was given much thought as would you say that it's sort of become more sort of popular in inverted commas nowadays.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think it's definitely something people want to move away from taking medication much like I did and wanting to um, find more natural approaches. And I think, you know, the um, area of nutrition, like the gut health, you know, the microbiome, I think that's something that's becoming a lot more well-known, even though it's a relatively new area of nutrition. I think people are coming to realise that, um, know the more we kind of take care of ourselves in terms of managing stress sleep eating more whole foods that can support our gut health and obviously then that has an impact on um all the other elements you know like our brain health and everything like that so it's all interconnected so I, I think everyone is yeah definitely
0: like you say realizing
1: that more and more
0: yeah I mean I have Crohn's disease and that was very um sort of the doctors wanted me on medication for that and I think I am on some, but not strong at all in the slightest. Right. And um, I manage that a lot by sort of diet and sort of right. what foods cause more inflammation. And also I've noticed that stress also yeah. make it worse. So I do think it does work and it's not, it's not just like an arty farty thing. And yeah. doctors, like you said, are putting more research into this stuff. And it doesn't just help you mentally, but it can help you physically as well, which is really important. Yeah. Um, so how do you, so you have an online coaching business yeah. to do with this. How do you help people and what are the kind of people that you help? Are they more men, more women mixed? What, what kind of people do you, yeah.
1: Okay, yeah, yeah. So mainly I work with women at the minute. And it tends to be very much um, women who are stuck or have been stuck in that yo-yo dieting cycle. So, you know, they tried all the different diets over the years. Um, So, you know, they're really fed up with that. They realize that doesn't work and they want something that's gonna be a bit more sustainable. So um, instead of looking at quick fixes, we um, look at lots of different things. So we do a deep dive into nutrition. And we also, like I said, we look at stress, we look at sleep. And then the other thing um, we do is we look at a lot of mindset as well, because what I found with a lot of women who have done a lot of these yo-yo diets is they kind of almost blame themselves for the reason they haven't worked. Um, even though these diets are just so difficult, you know, and the reason they don't work isn't anything to do with the women, it can really affect their confidence and self-esteem. So we do some work around building that back up as well. Um, and then it's about like creating an action plan together, like what like small simple steps can we build into your life that are going to make a difference it's not a complete
0: overhaul Mm. sometimes that's a bit overwhelming and what so I've like I've never sort of needed or wanted to sort of lose weight I like have CF as well so I need to put on the weight right what is a yo-yo diet is is that something where you want to lose the weight quick and then you kind of stop and they then put the weight back on what is what's that sort of process?
1: Yeah, that's a good question. So um yeah, I think when you say yo-yo diet, what I would mean is where somebody would try a very strict diet that would like you say get quite quick results. And then because often they're really restrictive, difficult to stick to, people would go back to the old way of eating. And then a lot of the time when people do that, they will put on the weight that they've lost or they might put on even more weight. So then they get frustrated try another diet Mm. put the weight back on so it's kind of like yo-yo in effect so they're trying the diet lose some weight put the weight back on and it's just kind of backwards and forwards um all the time
0: and so what what kind of personal approach do you do you give um, I'm guessing and like this is obviously the case like losing weight or just being healthy it's not the same recipe for everyone It's, it's sort of individual so how do you tailor your business to sort of say Jane from Lancashire who's wanting to work with you, how would you do that?
1: Okay, so the very first thing that I would do is we do a a dietary analysis. So I would look at how that that person is eating over a period of time. And then I have quite an in-depth questionnaire that asks questions all about like stress and sleep. So before we even start, I've got a lot of information about that person. So then we kind of dig deeper into that and we really explore that so from the very beginning I think people feel almost like understood because we're taking that time to Mm. get to know what's going on so it's you know it's not a case of here's a, a meal plan and follow that um and then one thing um that I think is interesting actually somebody contacted me recently and then what they said to me was um I really need somebody to kind of kick my butt and really you know get me into shape and I thought that's interesting because that's actually almost a bit of a misunderstanding about my approach because it's definitely not a case of like shouting at people or shaming them you know I think there's that kind of in historically that people Mm. would think of somebody in the gym you know yeah do this do that and it's completely the opposite of that you know it's very much about you know when people um, are going to make lasting change I think what helps is when they learn to kind of appreciate themselves and start to really take care of themselves and that doesn't come through somebody shouting at you and Mm -hmm. somebody really helping you to uh, listen to you and help you to understand all of your own strengths and helping you to realize that you are worth taking care of so that's a big part of what I do with people
0: and then do you sort of check up on them is it like a program so like a few months, or is it dependent on what that person wants to and how long it takes to reach a certain goal? Yes,
1: yeah, so I have packages. So it would be you'd do the initial dietary analysis that I mentioned earlier, and then we would have weekly checkups. So during that, we'd look at things like what went worked well, so a lot of um celebration, you know, um helping people to build the confidence in that way, and then we'd look at what didn't work, and then it's about really exploring why did it not work you know did we just pick something that was completely wrong for you or was there something that's holding you back that we need to maybe dig a little bit deeper and work on some of those maybe like um kind of thoughts and beliefs that could be holding you back that have built up from a few years ago so we need yeah we do a lot of that and a lot of it is um so the approach that I very much take is I'm not telling my clients what to do because a lot of them know what they need to do they just maybe need to have that confidence so a lot of it is me helping to like empower my clients to make their own decisions rather than actually telling them what they need to.
0: Yeah. Do. And I guess the weekly the weekly checkups count as a bit like an accountability sort of yeah. checking up with that. I know and again this is like really bad but in lockdown I watched Real Housewives of Beverly Hills and Teddy <laughs> Millingkamp on there is an accountability coach. That's and nice. I was looking into they have she has this journal and it's sort of three things you want to do in the day you go Four things you have to do, and then at the end you reflect on it. And just in the middle of lockdown, I bought this book because like, I didn't have anything to do, so I thought, well, I'll, I'll plod along at this and stuff. Yeah. And it gives, even though that was a book and not a person, it, it does give you that accountability of checking yeah. you've done it, which I guess you you building that rapport with your client will then help them with that as well. Yeah, yeah, you're absolutely right. In fact, I have had um, a couple of times where the women
1: I've spoken to and they've you know they've done what they said, and I've said to them you know, what is it that helps you to achieve that? And they said, um, knowing that I had this call with you and I didn't want to turn up to the call and say that I hadn't done it. <laughs> um, and of course, over time, they need to become accountable to themselves, maybe using a tool like that journal or something. Um, but it, if it helps to get the ball rolling, yeah, then that's great. So yeah, you're right, the accountability piece is huge as well.
0: And and so what, with dieting, what are the most common myths to do with it obviously so i'm just thinking diet i think sort of calorie deficient i think um well yeah that's all i think really i know like step up your exercise but then i guess it depends what exercise because muscle weighs more than fat so so what what myths like if you if you want to lose weight what is the most common myth oh there's there's so many (laughs) yeah oh yeah let's talk them all (laughs) <laughs> so
1: like you said that is a really common one that it's just um as simple as calories in versus calories out and you just cut your calories and you'll lose weight. Um yeah of course there is some truth in that because if you constantly eat more calories than you are burning you're going to put on weight. So there is obviously truth in it but one of the things I am a huge believer in is that um it's not that simple and the quality of the calories that you eat is huge. So, you know, if you're getting the same amount of calories from like junk food and takeaways versus like your fruits and your vegetables and your whole grains, the effect on your body is completely different. So, um, yeah, I'm a huge believer in it's much, there's much more to it than the calories in versus calories out. Yeah.
0: yeah so. And what what else? Um, like, what else is that? I know like people quit diets when they don't see it happening or if they don't. If it's not happening quick enough is is and like the perseverance is there any sort of tips maybe you would give if someone was wanting to lose weight but just you know didn't want to give up chocolate and cake or what it's, it's all moderation i feel
1: i totally agree yeah so one of the things that i um think is that people often think that when it comes to dieting and losing weight it's got to be about deprivation and restriction and all of the things that you can't have But I think there's a few things there is that the first thing is that when you're somebody tells you you can't have something, makes you want it even more. So you kind of become focused on that. And then the other thing is, you know, if you love chocolate, like I love chocolate, that's like my favorite thing. And you think, right, well, I want to lose weight, but, you know, I can't have that. I mean, that isn't a great quality of life. So to me, um, a diet that's going to work for you is one that allows you to kind of have all of those things, but still lose weight so very much my focus would be with my clients is we don't focus on right you're going to cut all these things out we focus on how can we add in more nutrient dense foods so how can we make your diet healthier rather than what can we cut out and so that's huge and I think the same comes with like the gym so I actually used to be somebody who would go to the gym like three or four times a week I hated it so I don't know why I used to go um but I think I used to feel like I have to burn off certain amount of calories whereas now I've kind of learned that when it comes to exercise that isn't what's important it's about becoming fitter and stronger and more confident so yeah some people love the gym but it wasn't for me so now you know the exercise I do is stuff that I love so like I might go swimming I might go for a walk because I enjoy those things so yeah I think people think of it has to be deprivation it has to be restriction but I think if you're going to make it last in the long term the opposite is true
0: yeah and I had um a personal trainer on at the start of the year and it was very much like you need to exercise in the right way like don't believe weights you can't lift but also you need to do stuff you'll enjoy because you won't you won't <laughs> stick at something you won't so I hate running so I wouldn't just like run on a treadmill I'd prefer to do dance and that's still like exercise Absolutely. Um, so I, I find that really interesting so what kind of foods are good for like healthier diets and can you also explain a bit more about this gut microbiome for people
1: okay so everyone's obviously different um so i guess but there are i think a few kind of principles that i think can apply to everybody so um particularly if you're trying to lose weight um the thing that i would recommend probably recommend the most actually to my clients is to eat more vegetables (laughs) which i think we all really know that we should do but the reason for that is because um you know they're low in calories generally high in water as well and they're also really high in things like vitamins minerals um fiber which is great for us and so talking about the gut microbiome so basically um in our body we have Like literally, kind of millions of of bugs in our gut, and they all do different things. So, there's all different types, and the food that we eat kind of feeds those bugs, Mm. if you like. And fiber that comes in things like fruit and veg and whole grains is really good for what is known as like the good bacteria. Mm. And, you know, some types of the um, kind of the good bacteria, for example, there's one type of good bacteria that, impacts our levels of serotonin so that affects our mood yeah. um so it's huge like the gut microbiome is something that um, impacts on every element of our health it affects our weight our immune system our mental health so what you eat um like i said before like the calories in versus calories out it's only part of the story that like the mm. quality of the calories is, is much more important
0: yeah so things like sugar probably feeds the bad bacteria mm. if it's sugar like from sweets as opposed to sugar from fruit and like oh, yeah. possible like for me i know but then i don't think this is the case for everyone like potatoes and tomatoes that are in like the nightshade family mm. they feed the but like the bad bacteria for me which makes like me have like what is it like stomach ache and that but i guess potatoes are just very carby anyway aren't they if they're like not broken down at all yeah yeah you're right so
1: that's Really interesting that you say about like the nightshade family so that's a really important point is that people need to figure out what works for them so i'm not looking at a particular diet and thinking well that works for that i don't know friend or famous fan- person but what works for you so for example you're saying potatoes and tomatoes don't work for you that's great i think people need to focus more on things like that like what works for you
0: yeah and, yeah
1: really do that and um, yeah yeah and then yeah you're right with the potatoes um so you have your different types of veg and that would be what you call your starchy vegetables which are as like you said full of of starch and when you're eating kind of a lot of starch kind of over time that can contribute to to weight um that's not to say potatoes are bad of course they're not um but yeah lots of starchy foods over time that is one of many things that can contribute to weight
0: and so what's your sort of stance on meat and um red meat and like pork and just fish that type of food Mm -hmm. so so that's really interesting so I um
1: I personally have a vegan diet I don't eat um fish or meat but with my clients I never um try and get them to eat in that way because I'm trying to help them to eat in the best way for them um I I Think it's really important that people include things like oily fish in their diets, for example. Um, even though I just said that I don't eat them, but I know how nutritious they are, so you know you've got all of your different um omega 3 fats and things like that, which are incredible for your health. And um, so, I wouldn't really recommend people cut those out, but I think it's important to have them in moderation, particularly the red meats. Yeah, definitely. Um, like I say, I wouldn't really recommend cutting anything out unless you want to of course um, and if you were going to do um like i've adopted a vegan diet i would do that very carefully and, and kind of seek advice to make sure that you're not missing out on really important nutrients when you do that
0: yeah because i'm guessing you'd have to take some supplements unless you were like very specific food so that you're still getting the right protein and things
1: yeah definitely yeah. yeah so i take i actually take supplements i take um b12 because you can't get that in any plant foods Um, and I take an omega-3 supplement as well you can get that in some plant foods but I take that anyway because
0: yeah and what is your like and I don't know if you deal with a lot of people with intolerances and that but do you find that there's more people with food intolerances now compared to when you started I'm just thinking they just seem to be so much more common nowadays
1: yeah that's really interesting like so for example like with gluten intolerance that's something that you hear about a lot isn't it and you see a lot of different things um you know in the supermarkets now you have such a big range of things like that um I don't know if it's maybe people just have more awareness maybe of these things rather than they have more um yeah maybe people have more awareness because there's so much more information that's readily available I think it's probably that than people having more intolerances but I'm not sure that's just my opinion I don't know for definite
0: yeah no I think you could be right I think as well though some diets are quite trendy and they go in phases don't they But like not diets but like lifestyle choices sort of veganism vegetarian meat they all sort of go up and down in trends um so I wanted to ask about how you would say to form good habits so like if people have got a goal how is it best for them to get to the goal do they do they just go for it is it small little steps what's your advice okay that's a really good question so I actually really like talking about creating habits (laughs) so
1: um yeah so what I would say is be very specific with your goals that's really important because if you don't know what you're achieving for you're not going to know when you get there I think that's really important and also yes like you just said I would say start small and often I think people have this real temptation to make huge changes because they want to see results really quickly but if we do that a lot of the time it's too much and it can be a bit overwhelming so it doesn't often stick in the long term. Um, I think also if you're trying to create a new habit a really great tip is to link your new habit onto an existing habit because you're already doing that every day. Um, and just kind of set yourself some kind of reminder. And one thing um, that I talk to my clients about all of the time, and this is really important, is that when you do a new habit, really important to celebrate that habit and kind of give yourself the praise. Because what happens is when we do some kind of action, um, if we feel good when we do it, it's like, it's how we learn to do things. So we get like a release of dopamine when we feel good. And then our body's like, oh, that felt good. I'll do that again. So whenever you do a new habit, make sure you're giving yourself like the praise or some kind of celebration, um, and that's a really good way of locking in that habit. It's it's kind of almost like how bad habits are formed. So if you think about it, if you're going to eat, um, I don't know, say um, you were to eat sweets, for example, and you eat them, it feels good, doesn't it? Because you get like that sugar rush, and then mm-hmm. your body's like, okay, I'm going to do that again because that felt really good. So it's the same with, you know, your kind of healthy habits. You need to try and lock them in in that same way. So you need to make yourself feel good
0: as you do in these new habits. And how long does it take to form a new habit? I mean, there's loads of different dates around, like three weeks, a month. What is it?
1: So the research I've been reading, there's two really good books. If anyone's um, kind of listening and they are interested in creating new habits, um, two of my favourite books around this are Tiny Habits by BJ Fogg and Atomic Habits by i can't remember the author now uh james clear and um they're two of my favorites and a lot of the things i've read about um behavior change is that it's not about the amount of time it's about the emotion and the feeling after we tap into those habits so that's what's more important because you could do something on repeat for 21 days but if it's not feeling good you're not going to want to do it again so the emotion can almost be more important than the habit
0: I know I've, like, in the past tried those 30-day app challenges and things. And I think other than them being, like, ridiculously hard, <laughs> it was, like, three days and then one day rest day. And then I struggled to get back in it. But then I don't like it. And I think, like you said, because I didn't – and then I'd kick myself because I hadn't done it rather than yeah. being, like, celebrating it. Um, so I think it's interesting. Have you found your business sort of taken off more in the pandemic? I mean, you're on, were you online before anyway?
1: Yeah, so um, I was online actually, and it's interesting because before I started, I'd done some market research to ask people what they wanted. And I was saying to people, Would you be happy to work online all the time? Because that was very much how I wanted my business to work. And I got a really mixed response from that. Some people were saying, You know, I'd much prefer to meet face to face. Um, And some people were saying it was okay. But obviously, now we're also used to being online and being on Zoom that, you know, I'm finding that clients are absolutely fine with it and they have no problem with doing um one-to-one consultations on zoom like this so yeah it's worked quite well for me in that way
0: did have you found that more people have been um sort of wanting to work with you in lockdown because they've not because they've had nothing to do but maybe because they've identified or thought right i'm going to use this time to sort of change something that i've wanted to change for a while have you noticed more people be interested in that um
1: Oh, no, I No, I don't think so. Not really. I think that has been definitely the case for some people, hasn't it? But not with the clients that I've worked with specifically. Mm-hmm. I think they already... No, I don't think that's been the case for my clients. I think um, they already knew maybe before the lockdown that they wanted yeah. to do that. Um, yeah, I do think that has been the case for a lot of people, hasn't it? Where they were like, oh, I've got a lot of downtime so I can learn a new hobby or I can get fit, which is great if that was... Yeah, you know, a lot of positive things came out of the lockdown I think, didn't they, as well as the obvious yeah, negatives. Yeah,
0: definitely. I think I think it gave people like um like a chance to like reflect and reevaluate maybe and some Absolutely. people like just binge watch stuff which was also fine. I mean, it is well it was a pandemic, so it's, you know, tricky. it's um, been a lot, hasn't it? Yeah. But yeah kind of there's you know light at the end of the summer well, it's just an endemic it. now Epi- epidemic <laughs> not an endemic that sounds like it's an, an epidemic so apparently that's better but um so it's not just diet you do you're talking about stress and yeah. sleep how like how do you help people if they're stressed or what are your tips if people are feeling stressed now
1: Okay, so there's a lot of things that you can do, but one of the most effective things I think for stress is to use breathing techniques. And so, um, should I do you want me to quickly talk about why that is? Or? Yeah. 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 So basically, what happens when we're stressed? We um, are in what's known as fight or flight mode, and a lot of things are happening when we're in that mode. So you know, basically, our breathing um, speeds up, and we're kind of breathing quite shallowly, and our body is you know, it'll send um, send energy away from our digestion because obviously that's not important, and we're almost just in survival mode because it doesn't really matter what's causing the stress. Our body always responds in the same way. So you know if it's something um I don't know, go back like just an argument with somebody at work or being stuck in traffic. No matter what, it's the same response. And so that's you fight or flight mode, and then we have another um, kind of response, which is where we're in what's called rest and digest, and we're relaxed. Um, and the that's parasympathetic
0: why, yeah. nervous system. Sympathetic nervous system, exactly. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so um, but the problem is, um, and you'll probably know this, is that most of us actually spend most of our time in that sympathetic nervous system or fight on flight, and very little time in the parasympathetic nervous system our rest and digest. So um when people do breathing techniques, basically what they're doing is they're slowing down their breathing, breathing deeply, and it's almost sending a signal to your body that yeah, I am safe. There is no threat. I can calm down. So if you if you do breathing techniques, it's a really great way of moving you from fight or flight into that rest or digest mode. So that's something I would recommend. And one really great um, breathing technique is um, and people probably heard of this, but box breathing. That's a really good one to do, where you basically um, you breathe in for a count of four, hold your breath for a count of four breathe out for a count of four and then hold your breath out for four and then you just repeat that as many times as you need until you feel calm that's a really effective but simple thing that people can do like anytime
0: yeah I um I think breathing like when you were saying the flight and flight and rest and digest I think a lot of people just with busy lives like in our country like and cultural norms are always busy in that mode and maybe lockdown made people be more restful and digestful i don't i don't know but um have you so can you give us like another breathing technique that we could possibly try now and like listeners if they're listening to this could have a go at at the same time Ooh, okay um
1: so another one that's quite good as well and um this is good because you're breathing but also you have um you're actually occupying your mind as well Mm -hmm. and that would be if you were to just hold out your hand in front of you Mm -hmm. and then again this could be done as many times as you wanted and basically you would just trace your fingers up and down your thumb but as you um, trace your finger up your thumb you would take a deep breath in and then as you trace your finger down your thumb you would take a deep breath out and then you would repeat that so you would breathe in as you trace your finger up and then out you trace it down and again breathe in as you trace your finger up and breathe out breathe in and trace your finger up and then breathe out and then breathe in and breathe out
0: yeah i can see how that's quite calming
1: yeah so if you're doing the deep breathing and then also a lot of the time when we're stressed our minds kind of running away with us
0: so the actual kind of movement and
1: following that finger helps to focus our mind on something other than those negative thoughts
0: yeah and um what in terms of sleep can help you improve like just have a better quality of sleep I mean I've I don't struggle to fall asleep in what I can't I'm not a napper can't do that um but I'll sleep at night but then how I know people who struggle with sleep So how do they improve that? Or how would you help them improve that kind of thing?
1: So one of the most common things, I think we're all probably a bit guilty of is using our phones till late at night. (laughs) um, And that can have a really big impact on our sleep. So the blue light from the phone um, is quite disruptive to our brain. So normally as we were kind of getting towards a time of winding down, we'd be producing melatonin. And that is something that helps us to wind down for sleep. But (laughs) when we've got that blue light from... It doesn't have to be your phone. It could be, like, your iPad or whatever. It reduces that melatonin production so we're not winding down in the same way. So reducing, like, screen time at night is huge. That can really help.
0: Um, Would you, you know, possibly did- just wear blue, like, um, what are they called? I've got some here. Like, these blue light glasses you wear if you're working, could you just wear them before bed and still be, like, working on your phone or something just because it's so Stop and
1: yeah they can definitely help but it's not the same as not having any blue light yeah. and the thing I think a lot of the time is if we're on our phones or for example if we were working you are quite likely to still be in that stress response so actually the other thing is if we're stressed we're producing cortisol and cortisol actually impacts on melatonin production as well so it is yeah the blue light glasses definitely can make a difference but if possible it's it's better to kind mm-hmm. of come off your devices um you know and also as well you if you're on I don't know like Facebook or watching the news that can also bring with it different types of stress as well so mm-hmm. easy done I do know that but if you can come off your devices you know an hour or so before bed that can be really good but if that's too much
0: just start with 10 minutes 15 minutes and then just build it up yeah. from there. yeah that's important as well like starting small like you said um and then I guess like self-care and like um like if people are stressed possibly like is like running a bath and having a bath is that relaxing or like things like just taking some you time can that that can also help people feel less stressed as well
1: yeah absolutely yeah it can make a huge difference so yeah things like having a bath that's great and that's also you know if you're doing something like that with a warm water that can help you to wind down for sleep as well um one thing that I find with my clients is that a lot of them don't feel like they have enough time to take care of themselves and I think this is true like you said a lot of people are busy nowadays um but one thing that I think is important and I've done this myself and I did not like the results at all is to um do those those apps where it records your screen time and you can kind of see that and then you think oh okay I actually do have a little bit of time where I can focus on just myself because we Mm. kind of think we don't but um that is one good way of seeing maybe you have a little bit more time than you think you do. Um, not always great to say I didn't like the results of mine, but it can make a difference. But absolutely, you know, putting yourself first is so important and managing your stress can make a huge difference to everything. So, um, you know, if you're managing your stress, it makes um, making healthier food choices much easier. And um, so it's everything has, a, you know, a knock on
0: effect and back to the food thing like healthy food doesn't mean expensive food you can still get healthy food for like quite quite reasonably priced cheap things if you maybe like research or or find it like it doesn't mean because you think don't you like oh you'll go to McDonald's you'll have like what are they called Big Macs it's like I don't know two three four I don't know four (laughs) (laughs) like say let's say four pound but then you think oh well if I was to have like a meal at lunchtime somewhere that was healthier it might be like 10 pound or a bag of carrots and the food I'd want that's healthy would be expensive but like it doesn't have to be like it does it it can be cheap as well
1: yeah absolutely yeah and I think a lot of the time people think you know you hear like about all these superfoods that you know um i can't think like maybe goji berries and all those things and people think of those but you know foods like you say, carrots and apples and the foods are a little bit cheaper they are also like cramp packed with like nutrients and you know vitamins and minerals so yeah it doesn't have to be expensive you know things like chickpeas for example they're really nutritious um you can pick them up for you know hardly anything um yeah, yeah it absolutely it doesn't need to be expensive
0: and it's like like you said at the start you you help like build the person up so I'm guessing like to change habits and have this like you need self like to work on your self-esteem or or your self-confidence and like how you see yourself so then when you're sort of talking about something you've got like an in- your internal monologue to yourself is kind is that sort of the start and the, the root like the, the ground level of everything
1: yeah I think so so yeah, you're absolutely right. So the way we talk to ourselves is huge. And a lot of the time, um, the way we talk to ourselves is not kind at all. But the idea is that we would get to that point. So certainly with the clients I work with is that they do have quite a negative like inner voice. So the first thing that we would do is just kind of bring some awareness to that. And, you know, try and figure out, you know, what is it that you're actually saying to yourself. And then once you're aware of it you can start to change it so that's you know that's really important um and then you know just asking questions like okay is that true if you're saying something to yourself that's really unkind which a lot of us do right is that actually true most of the time it's not true at all um and then you know just a simple question but would you say that to a friend again probably not (laughs) you probably wouldn't say something so unkind to a friend so you know then what would you say to that friend and then try saying it to yourself that's a really simple exercise um, but can be quite powerful um, and then yeah like you say you know the idea is that we get to a point where we are being more kind to ourselves and being you know praising ourselves more and being positive to ourselves
0: now you also write a blog mm-hmm. um why don't you tell us a bit more about that okay so yes
1: yeah, so i publish that every friday and um, so similar to your podcast and um it's basically focused on weight loss but I try to make it a little bit more interesting so um like over the last few weeks what I've had is um so I spent quite a lot of time in France so I've done um, like three different posts about what living in France has taught me about weight loss so that's something that I've done that was quite fun to write and some people said they found that quite interesting so it is yeah weight loss focused but I've tried to make it a bit more Uh, varied and then there's some other things in there like everything about stress and mindful eating and other things so it's not all just about nutrition there's different things in there
0: and if people like just to close if people have like listened to this and they really like um what you're saying and they think like yes Catherine would really be able to help me do x y or z how should they contact you and how like how can they find you okay so
1: I am on instagram and um my handle there is katherine dean coaching and also i have a website as well which is katherinedeancoaching.co.uk and there you can sign up to i have an email that i send out every friday with my blog so you can sign up to my email list there and then on friday you'll get like an email from me that has some nutritional information and also if i've got any like offers or um, any announcements or anything like that i send that out in my email every friday
0: yeah oh well thanks for coming on it's been so it's been so interesting but also like i'm really interested in nutrition so just to like hear someone else like talk about it, it's it been really interesting and really good yeah, fun. yeah it's been lovely to talk to you obviously. wow wasn't that so insightful i really really enjoyed speaking to Catherine. um so, if you want to find out more information about her and her services that she offers about nutrition and lifestyle coaching, you can find her on Instagram at Catherine Dean Coaching, and Dean is D E A N, or on her website, which is catherinedeancoaching.co.uk. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week.